Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 449. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, hi. This week on the show, we'll be taking a look at the found footage horror movie Incantation, which is available now on Netflix. We'll also be going over some of what we've been watching on the watch list. And this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be great. No housekeeping. Gearing up to cover Fantasia Fest this year, hopefully. So I, there's a lot of movies that I'm really excited about for that. If you're not familiar, Fantasia Fest happens every year in Montreal. It is in person, uh, back back to in person this year. So, and their lineup is pretty incredible. This, the, it, I've said it last year, I think, but Fantasia Fest has like quickly become one of my favorite festivals. Like every other festival, I feel like has just gotten so boring with their with their lineups for the most part. Yeah. And Fantasia is like always picking really interesting different things. So excited for that. Stay tuned. Uh with that, I think we could just get get straight into our review all right this is a directed by kevin co i have a synopsis here warning this is a cursed video it might contain risks certain risks to watch for those who dares to follow please follow the puzzle of my daughter's curse with me so okay. all right so i, I mean i get i kind of get what they're going for here they, they they're really trying to push this whole found footage narrative with this one which is kind of interesting that like this one seems like it's like a deliberately like manicured thing like it's made for the audience if that makes sense like like certain most found footage movies are are just that like it's just a collection of clips and things that that someone supposedly recorded and then someone found this this footage and that we're just seeing it verbatim like with this one though, it's a little bit different. It's almost like a documentary where things are deliberately edited and cut and we have like flashbacks. So things are told in a nonlinear manner. And then also we have like slow-mo replays and stuff like that in here. So it's definitely like uh, something designed to, to show you. And then there's also like, viewer interaction with it too where like they'll show you stuff on screen and have you like do little exercises little optical illusion type things so that was kind of cool but getting into the movie itself kevin what were your initial impressions of incantation uh i didn't know that this was going to be found footage nor did i i actually didn't i did i didn't know anything about incantation to be nor honest nor did i <laughs> I didn't even know it was coming out. Like, I, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it starts off with the, the the found footage setup. But like you said, it's got this, like, interactive sensibility to it, which I found kind of interesting at first because I was like, okay, this this might be, like, a different twist at least or something, you know, it's like a different play on it. I thoroughly enjoyed the, like, folklore aspect of it. I'm a I'm a sucker for that and curses and stuff. Um, but again, when it comes to found footage movies, I get so hung up on like how does this movie work? Like it, this movie makes no sense in terms of found footage. There's way too many cameras. There's cameras everywhere. Like even like little scenes, like in a car, there'll be like a three camera setup. Well, they try, and you're yeah. like they don't they don't have three cameras. I this is something that always, and if you've ever heard me review any found footage movie, this is something that I get hung up on too, is like the technical aspect. Like, how are they capturing that sound when like the camera's in a car and like a person clearly is not mic'd up and, and like, how are they, you know, there's, there's like a lot of different technical aspects of it. They tried to account for a lot of this stuff. Like you can see that like the cars do have mounted GoPros, like multiple mounted GoPros. They, uh, there's a, um, a, uh, nanny cam hidden in 
the the daughter in this movie uh, hidden in her stuffed animals. So that's how we get a lot of those shots. But I do agree with you. Like, uh, I think like for me, it was there. Like there were moments where I'm like, eh, I'm not sure how this all works, but just the way that this movie is set up, I was kind of able to suspend my disbelief for the most part. Yeah. Which isn't a huge issue, you know, but for me, the thing, if I dig into it a little bit more that kind of confuses me is why in terms of like the, the visual presentation where you have three cameras in a car and it's constantly cutting between the three, it's just, you're kind of sitting there thinking, why, why are you doing this? Like there's no need for this. Right. Yeah. There's there's cutting. There's like what you're showing me is not that visually interesting. I don't need three different angles of someone just sitting in the back seat. There's a lot of stylistic choices that may aid in the overall narrative, but don't necessarily make logical sense as far as like a, a document of what's happening here. Like the whole premise of this is that this, this woman was, she was involved in like one of these ghost hunter groups and she had like a YouTube channel that she did with these, these two other guys. And they went to this village, this like super secretive, almost culty type village where they were performing this spiritual ceremony and through some dumb shit that they did, they kind of unleashed, uh, I guess you could say like a curse but basically this angry deity like kind of claimed her daughter. She was pregnant at the time. And so what you have here is her trying to document everything that's going on. And one of the things like one of the kind of hooks here is that like she wants everybody to see this so that they can like do this uh, kind of protection spell thing. But again, it, it doesn't make a lot of logical sense as to why things would be told out of order because you have flashbacks in this, like mm -hmm. a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. And while it does aid in the storytelling, I think that the, that the way that it's told out of order does make it more entertaining and more compelling. The logical, the logic of it doesn't really, because like, what was she, did somebody go in and edit what we're watching? You know what I mean? Like, well, I, and I think they kind of are because of the, the sort of twist that happens at the end. That's yeah. the way that it's set up is that they're trying to lead you to believe one thing. And then, but it's, it does seem odd to, if you're trying to trick the audience, it does seem odd to have an explainer at the end of like, actually, this is what it is. Like if you were actually trying to trick everyone, it's like, maybe you don't let people in on that. <laughs> Yeah. You just say like, yeah, that's that's what it is. Best of luck to you guys. Now, and then they have that, that false sense of security or hope or whatever. Yeah. Getting into like sort of the meat and potatoes of this, the the set pieces, the the, the horror sequences, I thought they were all really well done. Uh this is a genuinely creepy movie. Um and Oh, especially the stuff that happens in the village. Yeah. Because it's this it's old, old village. And it's snowing, and most of it takes place at night with the snow falling, and it's just creepy as hell. Yeah, I like the atmosphere of all those scenes are just yeah, all amazing. all of those sets, like where all of the locations are just inherently creepy. Like all the houses, like the 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 just the whole village, everything is very creepy. The even the opening sequence, that opening sequence, I don't know if I've seen a, a more like disturbing opening sequence in a movie for a while. Just that like kind of montage that happens at the beginning. We're just like, Oh my mm -hmm. God. Like, what am I, what did I just turn on? Like, what, what? am I in for? Here? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of teeth. It hits. It, it, it's a movie that definitely hits the ground running. And I think that, that one of the pitfalls of a lot of found footage horror is that a lot of them tend to be very slow burn movies. movies yeah. That you, you, it's all built up to a big payoff at the end. Whereas this, it drip feeds you those moments, those like really tense, suspenseful 
horrific moments like throughout the whole thing. So it's not like yeah. it ever gets dull or anything like that. I will say that it does feel a bit long. One of the other kind of hallmarks of found footage, a lot of found footage movies is that they're on the shorter side of things because they tend to wear out their welcome very quickly. This movie is almost two hours long, which I feel like they could have trimmed that down a bit. Yeah. The, no, the, the pacing of this is that like, that's my, that's my biggest gripe of this movie is the pacing. Yeah. It's far too long. Yeah. Like, you, 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 there's, I mean, you're mostly engaged the entire time, but there are pockets here and there mm-hmm. throughout where it's just like, okay, let's go. I would, let's, I would let's say... Get, let's get back to it. Let's get on track here. It's a good balance of... There, there are jump scares in here, but there's also just a lot of really creepy imagery and uh, there's almost body horror elements to it as well. Oh, definitely, yeah. And anybody that that suffers from tryptophobia, like, oof, you're you're gonna have a rough time with this one because there's lots of uh, groupings of uneven circles and the the teeth scenes. I, I mean, I've seen movies before, you know, with people that have like crazy teeth and stuff, but this mo- the the way that they did extra rows of teeth in this movie looked so real to me. Like, I don't even know how they yeah. did it. Honestly, it just no. looked so real. No, I hate it. I hate the, the, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I hate wherein teeth are where they should not be. Oh yeah. yeah there's a lot of I that. There's teeth falling it. out. There's extra teeth growing in, in this movie. There's See, I, I never have an issue with like teeth falling out. No, I never do either. Pulling really, teeth honestly. out or anything happening to teeth. It's just teeth placed somewhere that they should not be on someone's body. There was that. Uh, there was a, a horror uh, series on sci-fi. It was an anthology series. I can't remember the name of it, but the like monster in that series was was it's just all teeth. Yeah, it was all teeth. Which which is funny that you say that because the night before watching Incantation, I tried to pull up Shutter on my PlayStation. But it had to. It asked me to log in, and I d- didn't remember the login information. But on the login screen is the the tooth yeah, monster. Yeah. And my wife just she lost it. She like she had to close her eyes, and she was like, "Please tell me when it's gone." Yeah, that thing. And then to, man, that... to do this the next day, and there was more teeth. I'm just like the fucking teeth. All the god damn it! <laughs> Stop it with the teeth. Yeah, I think that that's part of the tryptophobia, like the. I think that that might be triggering for it as well. The circle, like the, there's a scene towards the end where there's like something that's covered up with like a cloth, like a veil. And, and the main character, she, she lifts it up and it like that. You're just like, Oh my God, that was very triggering to me. That, that made my skin crawl. And uh, there's also like the, her daughter is basically so her daughter's like cursed and she's trying to like break this curse and she's trying all these different things and her daughter just keeps getting sicker and sicker and and the the wounds that show up on her daughter's skin are very uh i think triggering as well yeah there's there's a lot of creepy gross stuff but I do like this, like you you mentioned before, is how mostly with found footage movies is you have this very slow burn build up to like what actually happens. But here it's interesting in that you get it kind of like right off the bat and pretty much throughout. And really the slow burn build up is to the explanation right. of what is happening. Yeah. And I, f- I found that very engaging because th- it was creepy. The effects work are pretty damn good. I, everything involved in the village and it's just like I was so hooked with the village and this ritual that they're doing and this deity and this curse and everything that the whole time I'm like I, I want it to explain to me I need to know I still have a shit ton of questions which I think is a positive and a, and a negative at the same time because there's a part of me that's like I just this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me when you pack a movie like, full of like crazy imagery like this, there there tend to be a lot of questions that get raised. Like, 
what does that have to do with anything? Like, what is the significance of uh, the, the worms and caterpillars and all that stuff? And like, there's just a lot of yeah. When when you th there's just a lot packed into this, a lot of like folklore packed into this. Yeah, and I thought for the yeah, I thought for the most part it was really good. I didn't have any expectations going into this. I didn't know anything about it. I'm inherently skeptical of anything that's that's uh found footage but i think everything in this is done very well the 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 daughter the the young girl that that plays the daughter in this like they put her through the ringer in this movie and she did a really good job i mean i guess yeah a part of the props can be to the director to manage to like I don't know what he had to do to get that performance out of her. Hopefully nothing too traumatizing, but like that was pretty impressive because there's some really horrible shit that happens to that girl in this movie and, and she handles it very well. Yeah. She gets to do a lot. She has, she has quite a range in this, in this movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah. Uh, th this was like a, a very, this was a surprise to me. Like I literally didn't even know that this movie existed before Friday. So for this to just drop on Netflix and be actually good. Um, it's kind of a nice little treat. Yeah, I would agree. Again, the only, the only issue I really have with it is the pacing. Yeah. I think yeah. You could, this could have been streamlined and it would have been far more impactful. Ugh, but I'm just, even then, even then it's still the, you know, there's a lot of good here. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely worth a look. If you're into horror, if you're into, found footage like this is this is definitely a, a high quality especially in terms of like folklore because this is a really uh to me intriguing and engaging folklore like i just i want to know so much yeah i mean just like ah uh, the village like just everything with the village was so good ah uh. as soon as as soon as they did their hand gesture thing i'm like oh shit this is gonna be this is gonna be serious, and like how if you got like hand gestures for your what you're doing. It's serious business. It's also interesting, like how you know they show you the symbol at the beginning of the movie, and they're like, "Remember this," like, and then you you can spot it like throughout the movie. There, there's like hidden the, the symbols like hidden in in plain objects and stuff, and then they also tell you that the more you learn about it the worse it gets for you like the, the 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 curse like it takes hold more and affects you more the 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 deeper you dive into it yeah so so they do a lot of that kind of thing where they're like continuously kind of fucking with the audience which i liked one of the one of the things that i i mean the the beginning of the movie is it, it's freaking wild what happens at the beginning because like you find out that this woman has this this like curse and everyone around her it, it's not her per se but everyone around her anyone in her orbit has horrible things happen to them and that montage at the beginning where they're just showing all of this horrible stuff it, it's just it's wild man yeah like you said it definitely it definitely hits the ground running yeah all right let's go ahead and give incantation a score out of 10 what are you going to give it Man, uh, I think I'd give it like a six and a half, seven. That's where I'm sitting at a seven on this one. I think it's definitely worth a look. It, yeah, the 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 issues. I think that the issues you had with it are very similar to to me, my issues. And but it's not enough to really make me say like avoid it or anything like that. It's still definitely worth a oh, look. No. Because it it'll it'll definitely stick with you. It's it's pretty disturbing. Yes, yes, it is. All right, let's move on and talk about some of what we've been watching. I have a just a couple things to go over this week. I am seeing the new Thor movie. I'm pretty excited about that, but I haven't seen it yet as of this recording. Nah. So uh, stay tuned for next week, and I'll report back on that. I saw the princess. This is uh, directed by Lee Van Kiet. Probably mispronouncing that. Apologies. This is uh, this dropped on Hulu, and it's an action movie that takes place. It's like a medieval action movie, 
and it involves uh, it stars Joey King as a a princess who is kidnapped and locked in a tower, and basically her her uh, her father, the king, there was a coup and. He was overthrown. The, their their little kingdom was taken over, and this this uh, this guy who comes in is gonna plans to to marry her and take over the kingdom. And turns out she's like a badass. She's like a badass fighter, and she's like, you know what? Nah, that's not on my watch. So the whole movie is her escaping this tower so it's like um it's basically a reverse raid she starts at the top of the tower and she just works her way down and the whole movie is just her going level by level just encountering different enemies and just destroying them one by one as she makes her way Mm. down to the bottom of the tower and uh it's it's pretty badass the movie itself like is not great as far as like dialogue and um, it's pretty thin on plot. Like what I said is exactly just what the movie is for the most part. But if you're just looking for a dumb, exciting action movie, this definitely fits the bill. Like it's, it's violent. It's well choreographed. The director, uh, his last movie fury was, uh, really, good uh it was a vietnamese action movie and it i think i talked about it like way back when i I do i do remember that movie yeah it was about a woman whose daughter gets kidnapped uh actually i don't even know if it was his daughter i don't think it's her daughter oh you know what I, i remember what it was it was her daughter did get kidnapped but they didn't mean to kidnap her daughter they thought it was someone else and it turns out no, that no. she's like this badass fighter who rips through people. And I remember the action set pieces in that one were nuts. And they're pretty good in this as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, I would say give it a give it a look. If you're looking for just some dumb action that that doesn't have a lot of substance to it, uh, Joey King does surprisingly well in this. Like she does a really good job. I mean they they have her do a lot of like physical stuff. And I think she, she handles it quite well. So yeah, give it a look, give it a look. The princess. Well, a thing that you'll probably be seeing uh, over the next year or so is my wife and I trying to uh, check off movies that are very popular, you know, very popular movies from like the nineties or, early 2000, whatever, 80s, what have you, uh, that either I haven't seen or she hasn't seen. So some of these will be rewatches, some of them will be new. But uh, it just for some reason wanted to go over some of the, the big, you know, almost blockbuster type deals. And one of those is Independence Day from 1996. So my wife did not see Independence Day back in the day. So, you know, it's July 4th weekend. What better time? Yeah, so Roland yeah. Emmerich's Independence Day. And for me, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. So I was pretty excited. Um, and it's just as stupid as I thought it was. But in a fun, big, stupid way. I Yeah, I, uh, I agree. The thing that, the thing that kind of struck me at first is because I think most people, the thing that they remember about this is Will Smith, you know? It's Will Smith fighting aliens. But this actual movie, like, Will Smith doesn't show up until the decent ways in. And I just remember, like, watching I'm like, am I thinking of a different movie? Like, I'm pretty sure I should see Will Smith by now. And he has not shown up. But, uh, man, this movie's just stupid as hell. And I just love everything about Jeff Goldblum figuring everything out that no one else has figured out, you know, that has the, you know, the, the governments and everything that have all this information, but he's the one figuring out the codes and stuff. He's the one that just somehow creates a virus that he knows will work within the entirety of the alien 
computer network, I guess. Because <laughs> I guess their computer network is exactly the same as ours, with the same type of encryption and everything, which is odd to think about. And the fact that Will Smith's just like, I saw one of these ships fly, so I know what to do. I know exactly how to maneuver this thing and how to fly it. And the two of them just fly out into space, dock inside the mothership, and he he does the clickety clacks on his keyboard. And <laughs> just the fucking scene of it popping up and saying, uploading virus, and you see that status bar, and you're just like, this is the dumbest shit ever. I love it. And then the what it's like a laughing skull and crossbones once it finally updates or Classic you know, 90s into their <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It's so fucking dumb. I love it. Oh, good lord. What a dumbass movie. You just don't make them like this anymore. I know. Yeah. I and mean, they try. Like, Roland Emmerich tries with that, like, Moonfall movie, but I don't think it's... Yeah. I don't think it's on the it's same level. It's not the same. It's just not the same. All right. Well, that's Independence Day. Definitely check that out if you haven't. I mean... We we covered it on Saved by the Nineties a while ago, I think, and uh, it was fun. It was fun to revisit that one. I really liked it as a kid. Oh yeah, I was that's, I was really into good that. Times. Uh, okay, one that I saw that was also pretty stupid was Student Bodies. This is from nineteen eighty one, directed by Mickey Rose. This is touted as the first horror comedy. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but that's what they say. It is a movie that just it's a spoof it's a it's a spoof movie that that kind of plays off of the uh the slasher trend that was just starting it's kind of interesting that this came out in 1981 because that's like the very very beginning of the slasher trend and so they were pretty early to the to the game on that one but it's uh it's stupid as hell but there are there definitely moments there are some genuinely funny moments in this movie that surprised that surprised me at at how you know there were there were some la- laughs that I had where it was just it was bad and I was laughing at it cuz it was bad but then there were the, like a few like little one-liners or just throwaway gags in here that made me laugh like that were just genuinely funny like there's this um there's this shop teacher and he's obsessed with horse head bookends. So all he talks about is making horse head bookends <laughs> and how he loves horse head bookends so much. And it was just so like random and funny. And there's also this scene when there's this, uh, the student and she's in like the principal's office and she's crying. Cause like people are getting murdered and stuff. And he goes, if, he goes here, here, wipe your tears, and it's just a box. It's like a box of tissues, but there's no tissues in it. So she's wiping her tears with the actual box, and he's like, "Sorry, I ran out of tissues." And so there's just like a couple moments like that that I thought were really funny. But overall, I did enjoy this for being this kind of bad horror comedy. So yeah, I don't know. I rented it on. Apple, Apple TV. What? Why? It's on Tubi. It it says it's on Tubi, but it's not. Ah, I hate when. That yeah, happens. it was a it was a trick. So at some point, it must have been on Tubi because it's supposed. It says it's on Vudu as well, but it's not. If you actually click on it, it takes you to a movie called The Open Road. Ah. Which is which is interesting because not only does it, so if you click on it. It takes you to the open road on on Tubi, which is a movie starring uh, Jeff Bridges and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and if you click on the Voodoo one, it does the same thing. Which is well, cool. it's interesting because I just clicked on the Roku channel, which also takes you to the open road with Justin Timberlake and Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> like how how is student so, bodies? Someone got their wires crossed over at Just Watch. Yeah. That's, that happens a lot, unfortunately. I don't think it's their fault. I think it's just, like, the APIs. 
Yeah, it just sucks when you get so excited where you find a movie on Letterboxd where you're like, oh shit, this is actually on a streaming service. And then you click on it and it's a completely different movie. Yeah, that's kind of how it was with Student Bodies. That's why I ended up renting it because I was like really mad that, and I really wanted to see it at that point. So I was like, screw it. That's how they get you. It's a long con. Ooh. It's it's this whole thing. That's I I like that. That that's uh that's a good conspiracy theory you have there. You're just like they get you hooked. And you're like I gotta fucking watch student bodies now because they're keeping it from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched another alien movie, and that's Fire in the Sky from 1993. Rob Lieberman. Ooh. Fire in the Sky. Robert Patrick. It's going. You know, I thought this would. Uh, Help me out with the the X Files itch that I have since I finished that entire series, and uh, this does it does a pretty good job of of taking care of that. Uh, everything involving the alien abduction. So this is apparently based on a true story. This guy wrote a book, Travis Walton, about him being abducted by aliens, and then he he was he was gone for like five days. Uh, him and his. his uh, his best friend and another group of guys, they had this government contract to clear trees for this new highway that was being put in, right? So they're out doing that, run late one night, and they're coming back, and he gets abducted by aliens, right? So the guys go back into town, they call the cops, tell them the story. Of course the cops are like, what the fuck, man, something happened. There's foul play here. So of course the entire community, everything, starts to suspect that these guys just killed Walton. Right. So it's more about that of how everyone kind of comes up with their own conclusions. The group of guys can't be trusted. So the community is essentially turning on them. Their friends and family are turning on them. So it's more about that. And when it's about that, it's decent. It's okay. It's nothing special. But when it does show the the fire in the sky, quote unquote, and then him being abducted, like, all of that is just phenomenal. Like, the atmosphere of it, the, the effects of it, all of it is just hands down, top-notch stuff. And then at the end, they they, they kind of get uh, a creative license with what happened inside the the alien ship. Because I guess the, the filmmakers and producers thought that uh, Travis Walton's actual recounting of the story was just too dull. So they came up with their own thing, which is uh, it is disturbing. Yeah, so I saw this movie when I was very young. I was probably, it's probably shortly after probably. it came out. So I was probably like 10. And too young. Yeah, I was way too young <laughs> for it. And I think that, that this yeah. movie is, it, it's, uh, there's a mis- it's, it's deceiving because I believe that this movie is rated PG. And I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's rated pg let me just confirm oh pg-13 i'm sorry but when you see this movie like this movie scared the absolute shit out of me as a kid i had nightmares for days because oh, i bet because of that it was the uh like the scene inside the alien ship and yeah. like i was like convinced that they were gonna freaking like take me when i'm bad it was just so i was just so disturbed by it yes as, as a child oh i could i could totally imagine because i i'm so glad that i did not see this as a kid because if you remember x files was too scary for me i couldn't watch x files as a kid because that shit scared the the bejesus out of me so fire in the sky would have fucking ruined me the uh i just remember i i remember almost nothing about this because i haven't revisited it since i was young the only thing I remember is there was a scene when he first came back and I remember him like talking to somebody on a payphone, which is like a totally random thing. And I also remember the scene when he gets when he's abducted and they put that like latex sheet mm-hmm. thing over him and like stretch it over him. And that's just that scene, man, I, that, that will always stick with me. Yeah, this it's it's well done, I will say, like the first interaction where they, they encounter the light and they get closer to the light and everything. Like, that is extremely well made. Yeah. I, I really want to... I, I plan on revisiting this 
at some point for say by the 90s i just need to come up with a theme to surround it i might i might do movies that like scared me or something do, do something well, there's like gotta that. be there's gotta be a lot of 90s alien abduction movies yeah i mean the x-files really kicked that whole thing off i think yeah the other one that, that scared the bejesus out of me was um war of the worlds the tv show there was okay. the opening sequence of war of the worlds the t and i don't think i've ever actually seen the tv show but there was the the opening sequence where there was like an alien hand that went over like went over the globe and like grabbed onto the globe and that scared the shit out of me as a kid anyway, that's all i have i don't have anything else uh the only other thing <clears throat> that i watched which is this might be hands down one of the dumbest sequels i've ever seen in my life uh and that's i still know what you did last summer oh god this the sequel to i know what you did last summer this is 1998 danny cannon directed vehicle here uh i think kudos to these guys for what they do because this is just insane absolutely insane that you would take the killer from the first movie which i can't remember how the first one ended but i'm pretty sure he died or maybe he didn't die you know they leave it open-ended like he died but maybe he didn't so this one sees them uh jennifer love hewitt and her her college roommate brandy winning a radio contest that gives them four tickets to the bahamas and the killer from the first movie is there in the bahamas to get them and everything about this is just absolute insanity you got jack black in in dreadlocks for some reason he's like the weed dealer in the Bahamas and it's all about them like being in the off season and they give this elaborate backstory of like the killer's actually from the Bahamas and he like he's buried there like his whole family's buried there and he like he worked at this hotel for years it's just absolute insanity I want what I really want is a movie that runs concurrently with this movie that shows you all the behind the scenes uh, the logistics of how they made this come together in terms of the father-son duo, you know, the the killer. I can't even remember. Like the, the fisherman, I guess is what they call I him. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Him and his son, like, planning all of this. Because everything has to go perfectly for this to work out for them. To kill them in the Bahamas. Which makes no sense to me why they have to kill them in the Bahamas. Like, they bought tickets for four people and flew them to the Bahamas. And then they bought their own tickets <laughs> to go to the Bahamas, too. I want to see the fisherman on the, on the flight. That's what I mean. I want to see him buying the tickets and planning all of this. Because it's just absolute insanity. It's the dumbest thing. But it's also kind of fun. Because of just how stupid it is. It's just a brazen in its stupidity, really. It's incredible. Now, are you going to see I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer? Now, I really didn't want to watch this one. <laughs> um, but now that I've seen this one, I kind of want to know what they do. Because if you finish the first I Know What You Did Last Summer, right? And you're thinking, what could they do in terms of a sequel? I think the furthest thing from your mind is, oh, okay, the survivors will win a radio contest. They get sees them win four, uh, four tickets to the Bahamas to stay at this resort in the off season, and then the killer then shows up in the Bahamas. Like that's just you would never think of that in a million years, because that's just not something that you would make into a movie. That's just asinine. That's out of control. But here it is. I watched it on HBO Max. They did it, Adam. These people did it. Like it's a testament to to some to something. I don't I don't know what the testament is, but just you can make wild ideas come true. It's just 
it's it's incredible to me that this happens. Well, you can avoid. I'll <laughs> always know what you did last summer because it has nothing to do with the the other one. It's not insane in any way. It's insane, but it ha- but it's just completely separate. Like none of the characters are the same. Mm. It's a it's a whole different story. So it, it's a sequel I, name only. Gotcha. I would like to see Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, survives. She ends up getting into NASA. She becomes an astronaut. She goes to the space station, and the fisherman has also done all of those things, and he's at the space station. Usually they don't go to space until like the fourth or fifth sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because that idea I can see happening. I'm like, oh yeah, they they always end up in space at some point in time. But the Bahamas thing, I never would have guessed in a million years. Oh, I just thought of something. Final destination in space. Think about the opportunities. It's final destination, but it takes place on a space station. Holy shit. That would be a genuinely awesome movie. Correct. Which we tried to watch the third one last night, but HBO Max wasn't working. So you went with, I still know you did last summer. No, yep. no. Last night, last night we started the bear. Okay. All right. Um, the, they made a show. I, there's a, and I still know you did last summer TV show that came out last, I think it was last year. It got canceled already, but it wasn't, it wasn't actually that bad. I kind of, I kind of, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't good, but it was better than I kind of expected it to be. Lots of kind of fun twists and turns in it. And it but it, but it was like nothing. Again, it wasn't really related to the original one at all. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was basically Which just is, the same, the same basic what? plot where kids accidentally kill somebody and then that person comes back to kill them. Well, I think that's the thing is they, they, they fucked themselves over by doing the Bahamas thing because after that you're just like there's nothing we can really do we just gotta start from scratch alright so avoid I still or maybe not maybe, maybe no, check you out de- <laughs> I don't know you definitely watch them back to back cause it's just the escalation is just insane to witness I'm actually just not really a fan of that series no it's, it's, it's a stupid series I mean, there's worse series out there. Like, the Urban Legend movies are even worse. But, yeah, I just was never really... I no, mean, I, I feel I feel like that, that came off the heels of Scream. And, like, Scream was just such a far superior series. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. The only one of note is Halls of Fury, The Legend of Hank. The animated film. Halls of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Huh. So, yeah. I mean, there's that. That's it. All you got. Wow. Yeah. VOD this week got a number of things. Uh, Starting on the 12th, we have Glass House, which is this kind of uh, dystopian sci-fi movie. I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That was okay. We got The Silent Party, which is a, be a horror movie. Got Neon Lights coming out. Guests, oh, yeah, Neon Lights. Guests begin disappearing in an off-grid location during a family reunion of misfit siblings and their offspring. Oh, no. We got Take the Night. This is a Saban film's release. It's an edgy crime thriller. Twisted tale of sibling rivalry and family secrets. Oh, no. Look out for that. Got Fair Game. This is a re-release of a <clears throat> an exploitation film. I don't think it ever got released in the U.S., but it, it's coming out now, finally. A young woman running a wildlife sanctuary in the Australian outback is in trouble when she's confronted by three kangaroo hunters. Oh, no. They got bored with killing kangaroos and they decided to start oh. killing the animals in the sanctuary. And then when they see how attractive she is, they decided to start going after her too. Man, so I hope they die. Deadly. Terrible, ter- terrible death. Yeah, I'll be checking this out. This I, I like I like exploitation movies and uh, this one looks pretty good. So I'll definitely be giving that a look. 
We've got Death Hunt coming out. Death <clears throat> Hunt. In the film, <clears throat> a developer and his mistress traveling to their weekend retreat are taken hostage by a group of men and brought to a remote island. And then they're going to get hunt, hunted for sport. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a tr- truly an original idea there. It seems like the theme for this week's releases are hunting people and siblings and secrets. Yeah. I uh, got the killer coming out. This is on July 13th. Uh, very excited about this one. This is uh, an action. This is an action uh, thriller. It's about a, it's a hitman who's like retired and he's uh, like babysitting. And the, the, person the girl that he's babysitting gets kidnapped and he decides he's like you know what that's not cool i'm gonna go after and kill everybody and get this kid back hmm. looks quite good i believe it is a uh, south korean film we got uh on the 14th bowen's heart a broken heart an unbreakable spirit looks like maybe it's a documentary on the 14th we have diary of a spy on the 14th, also, on Shudder, we have Good Madam. On the 15th, we have Gateway. Uh, looks to be a crime thriller. We have the Karma Link. This is a sci-fi. And we have She Will. This looks like a... Oh, it's a gothic-tinged drama. Okay. On Amazon Prime, we have Don't Make Me Go, starring John Cho. Got American Carnage. This is the Saban Films release. We have Image of Victory on Netflix. This is a war, like a war film. Takes place in 1948. We got Marcus. Uh, We got Living Wine. Looks like a documentary about wine. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, another More of those. Guys, love, love those wine docs. We have Wrong Place, starring Bruce Willis. We have One Up, Got Girls to Buy. And on Netflix, we have uh, The Gray Man. Oh, man. That's also going to be in theaters. Becca? Oh, yeah. yeah. Ryan Gosling. Billy Bob Thornton, Chris Evans. I think that this is the one that's directed by the Russo brothers. You would be correct. Man, Chris Evans. Fucking enough already. I like him. He's just in everything, it seems like. Yeah. He's not a good actor. I mean, it's not as bad as Chris Pratt. That's true. That's true. Another bad actor. I don't think they're bad, per se. I just don't think they're great. Yeah, they're just... They're nothing. (laughs) I just... just I'll just never forget Chris Evans in Not Another Teen Movie. One of the most underrated (laughs) spoof movies ever. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, those two are good at playing the, you know, the side character comedic relief type. But then this, when they made that transition to like action, man, yeah, action yeah, star. Like what the who the fuck thought that was a good idea? I don't know. I like I like I think Chris Evans is a good choice for Captain America. On Blu-ray this week, we have Leap of Faith from 1992 with Steve Martin. If you haven't seen that, it's a great one. Plays uh, like one of those televangelist type. We got the uh, Frisco Kid from 1979. We have Galaxy Quest getting a new Blu-ray release. Domestic Disturbance from 2001 with uh, John Travolta and Vince Vaughn. We've got Down to Earth, the classic Chris Rock comedy from 2001, (laughs) which we saw in the theater. I'll never forget. We We sure did. Did we stay for that one? We did, but we didn't. But it wasn't it wasn't a good time. No, I do remember hating that so much. It was very bad. Baby's Kids from 1992. Incredible. <laughs> Baby's Kids, remember that one? I do. 
Georgia Rule from 2007, Basketball from 1998. Wow. Let's see. A Bigfoot or Bust? That, that looks... Wow, that looks like something. Um, Changing Lanes from 2002. The Last Broadcast from 1998. Wolfhound from earlier this year. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Oh. Not, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot this week. What about Criterions? Oh, we got two. You got David Lean's Summertime. Which is good timing, 1955. All right. And then Raging Bull. That's a biggie. Of course. That's a big one. You got all sorts of commentaries on here. All sorts of program. I mean, this sucker's jam-packed. That's a special feature. Is that a re-release? Because I I think that's a re-release, right? Because um, I don't know. I'm pretty I sure. I say it is. I had I Raging Bull. On, I don't know if it was Blu-ray or DVD, and it had a ton of features. I remember that. Well, you, this one's got a 4K UHD edition. Ooh, nice. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a moment, consider giving us a review on iTunes. That would be very much appreciated. For Kevin Wakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.